so the youth are going to be in here tonight. And, you know, I want to challenge the youth that, that there's, that there's a, something called spiritual maturity versus physical maturity. And even at a young age, Paul told the church at Corinth, you guys are still spiritual babes in Christ. I mean, they were an older church. You know, he was talking about a man and his father and his mother, and they were fighting and, and bickering and all these things. And he was saying, you guys are still babies in Christ. And so, really, your spiritual age is not your mature age. When I was younger, I was reading, when I was 18, I was reading E.W. Kenyon, which was, if you know, is a very hard book to read. But because I was always cutting my teeth on spiritual things, it was easy for me to read that and hang around ministers and hear, you know, it, uh, messages that were more mature. It's because my spiritual age was probably a lot more, you know, I mean, every meeting I was in with dad from, we had Sunday morning services, we had Sunday night services, we had Monday night services. I mean, back then they had two, three week revivals and you went to every single one of them. And, you know, I'm like, oh, mom, we have to go to church. She goes, no, son, you get to go to church, get in the car and change your attitude, you know. So that was kind of the life I lived. But what I realized is that the whole time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my mom was at church, is that you actually grow spiritually being in an environment like I was telling Zach where it's just fast-paced, lots of the word of God. Like dad says, you never get too much of God. People say, oh, you know, I was there Sunday, but I'm not there Wednesday or Tuesday. I, you know, I got to take a break. Well, it's like, oh, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? I got to take a break from God. I've been in heaven too long. So I would challenge the youth. Soak up everything you can, whether it's me, it's Pastor Josh, it's dad preaching, um, I'm proud of Chloe. She's been sitting in um, pastor's Bible school for three hours on Tuesday night. As a, are you a senior in high school? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I wish I was going to Bible school when I was a senior. Imagine how much more I would learn if I was, you know, I was goofing off. I did go after. But um, anyways, I want to challenge you to just pay attention because prayer is going to be so much of a beneficial thing in the days ahead. And really, prayer is going to be the only thing that sustains you in the world that's coming. And um, my title is given to prayer, but this tonight is going to be called The Legal Side. And, um, you know, I've been reading, and I'm going to tell you a little bit. I've been reading a little bit about Charles Finney, and Charles Finney was a lawyer. And, and revi great revivals happened under Charles Finney, and here's why. He knew so much of the legal side of God and what he was going to do for his word and prayer that revivals would break out because he would read the word as a legal document saying, if this is what I'm reading, this must happen, right? It says 85% of the people that followed Finney actually remained true to the gospel after Finney died. And whereas in D.L. Moody or something, 50% of his followers would remain true. But Finney had such, I mean, just revivals. They said that whole towns, their liquor stores would close after Finney would come through. Just the power of God. But the Lord told me, he said, there is a legal side to the Bible and the legal side to the name. And that's why she's saying the name of Jesus that most people are not really thinking about. And they think that, you know, prayer is a, either a hit or a miss in the dark. But really, it's a legal, it's a legal, it's a legality. And so um, I want to talk about prayer because last week we talked about prayer and, and Daniel, one, one man prayed, changed the nation. He's old covenant, right? Now one man full of God, a new creation in Christ, praying, how much power does he really possess? But then the Lord started taking me through the legal side of the name that sometimes people say, well, I need more faith. No, sometimes you just need a better understanding of what you're actually saying when you're saying the name of Jesus. You need a better understanding of the legal side of the Bible. What is the document, you know, what actually really belongs to you? Is that my alarm? It's not my alarm. We all have the same alarm sound, right? So, um, given to prayer part two, the legal side, I want to go to Acts 6. And um, 
I'm going to try to go a little slower tonight. I know last week I was burning through pretty fast. So I got to give Zach a little bit of time to open his Bible. <laughs> but, you know, I was going to joke and say, you know, I've been hearing, uh, I've been praying and asking the Lord on what to preach, and I keep hearing this Paul's system of truth. I don't know if it's the Lord or <laughs> the Bible school students understand that. We've been going through the Paul system of truth. I don't ever think we're going to preach on the foundations of Jesus for at least the next year, the death, burial, and resurrection, because everything's been Paul's system of truth for the last month. So um, I've been reading um, Brother Hagin's book called Given to Prayer. No, sorry, Prayer Secrets. There's a lady, and she may be watching online, and I say, God bless you if you're the lady who does this, but she brings by all these old Brother Hagin books, and she dumps them off at the church. I don't know where she came from. But there's some, dad says, well, they don't make these books anymore because, you know, some of them, he got rid of them because people took them and got into excess, and especially intercessory prayer. They would abuse it, the body of Christ would. But some of these books are so old, and they don't have them anymore, but this lady was dumping them off at the church, so I swooped them all up. And, um, and Nikki's mad about it. But it's been amazing because I've been reading these things going, there's so much rich content in some of these old books of Brother Hagin that I've never seen before. And you know, what one person may read something and they, they see no value in it. But to me, those books are gold because of what that man did. That man changed. He has 250 Bible schools all over the world. And he told his son, or he told somebody, I think it was, um, there was, a, uh, I think it was Norval Hayes. He said, Norval Hayes said, this Bible school is going to go all over the world. And Brother Hagin said, no, it's not. He says, I'm going to have 50 people in this Bible school, and that's all it's ever going to be is 50 people. You know, and Norval Hayes said, no, you're not. This Bible school is going all over the world. And so, you know, to this day, his son has taken the Bible school. It literally has gone all over the world. There's a rhema in every country, every, um, not every state, but every nation in the world. There's a rhema Bible school. Probably the biggest Bible school that, that's ever been, um, at least from what I understand. And so when people sometimes throw those books away, I'm like, good Lord, that's gold. Why would, you, why would you do that? That man changed America. All these big preachers you see, Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, those all came out of Brother Hagin. My father um, came out of Brother Hagin. So I've been really reading prayer secrets and going through it, and the Lord's been dealing with me. Because here's why. The Lord said this to me the other day. He said, I want to answer your prayers. And he says, why would I put prayer in the Bible if you, you know, because as a, as a pastor's kid, sometimes all I think is, oh my God, it's my duty to pray. All right, we got prayer with Nikki every day from 12 to 1. We're going to go pray. And then I got prayer first Sunday night of the month. And dad's always telling us to pray. I'm never praying. I'm always praying. You know what I mean? And so what happens is you get into the, um, the religious, okay, well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And that's what happens is you start really losing track of why are we praying? The Lord said this to me, I want you to pray so bad I put it in the Bible and, and commanded you to do it. I'm thinking about the God of the universe put prayer in the Bible, so it must be important. But as Christians, sometimes we go, like, all right, it, it's a lackadaisical, we're going to pray. But if prayer doesn't change anything, then why would we do it? Why would God even put it in the Bible if it did nothing? Most people view prayer as it does nothing. Okay, I'm going to pray in tongues, I'm going to pray for my mom, pray for my dad, and, you know, take a shot in the dark and hopefully I hit something. God told me, he said, no, I want you to start praying to get results. He goes, I put prayer in the Bible for you to get results. If you're not getting results, he says, something's happening. Why are you not getting results? And I said, oh, that's good. He said, you've been believing me for things and you've gotten some of those things, but then you got really laxed. And I said, you know, I, I tell the story of I've been, man, I was believing God for a, for a Ford Raptor. 
And, um, you know, I told Pastor Hankins, you know, he asked me, what do you want? And I says, well, what I want, I can't ever have, you know, at least until, like, you know, maybe I'm 40 years old in the ministry. He said, no. He says, what, whatever you believe when you desire, pray, believe you receive it, you'll have it. He says, what do you desire? Now, I really struggled with that for months, but I would go into prayer and thank God for it. And then eventually, after, what, a couple, Zach saw it when I started, I changed all the computer laptops to the Ford Raptor um, display. Because dad always says, if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. You're going to see it by faith before you see it in the natural. Well, after I got it, I was like, whew, I got it. Okay, I'm, you know, and you get lax. You get lazy. You get, your, you, you get your gift from God, and you're like, I'm cruising, and God goes, no. I showed you that if I would give you a truck and that I would do that, I'll give you, like he said, if I gave you Jesus, my best gift, I'll give you freely give you all things. He goes, there's other things I want you to start praying about. And if I showed you how to get you a truck, that means I'll answer all these other prayers. I mean, God wants the Bible school to go all over the world. God wants the church to grow. God wants, I mean, he may want a bigger church. How would I believe God for a million-dollar church if I can't even believe him for a $50,000 truck? So he's like, I'll show you I got you the truck. Now let's get to business with some other things I want you to start believing me for. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, so the truck really wasn't, you know, it's a gift to me. It was because he's, 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 he's working me, you know. <laughs> Son, I want you to start believing. But I, I kind of thought about that. I said, you know, why, why do we pray if we're not getting results? And the Lord says, I want you to start praying every week. Because Brother Hagin says, as he would pray and he would write things out, he says later in his life, he would pray and get results immediately. Now, he said if it was money, it would always take a few days because of the avenues and channels that had to go through people. But he obviously learned some secrets about prayer to where he was getting immediate results with prayer. And as I started reading that book and all the testimonies that he would have, um, you know, about prayer, I mean, think about he was talking about his brother. That when the, and I'm going to tell you what he, what he was saying is that his brother, when he finally learned how to pray, his brother hadn't been saved his whole life. And in two weeks, his brother got saved. And so the Lord really started challenging me, start believing for quicker prayer results. I didn't just give you prayer to put you on a fishing line and, and maybe give you and then give you a little bit of something and pull back and you wait three years for you to get something. No, uh, God, God is, um, there was so many suddenlies in the Bibles where it says that Jesus prayed for a man and immediately he was made whole. And so we're going to go to Acts 6 because I'm, I'm going to back up for a second. And um, chapter 1, he said, Now in those days, and the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrew, Hebrews and the Hellenists because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. Now it's amazing to me, that God will view the kingdom of God as serious business. Whereas in most people think church is kind of like, well, you know, it's not really a big deal. You're religious. I'm not religious. It doesn't really matter. No, actually, God called the distribution of the word, distribution of prayer. He called it business. But we will continually give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And it says, and it pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and somebody else, and a bunch of other people down in Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they prayed, they laid hands on them, and the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. I noticed how the number of disciples multiplied after they given themselves to the word and prayer. 
when this church started praying every day from 12 to 1, we started having some things happen. And I told, I had a guy to make Nicole quit. Because, you know, we, we were, I mean, we got new carpet, we got new stage, we got new port, I mean, just things, new playground, everything. I mean, things were popping off. And I, it's amazing to me, and the Lord says, when they gave themselves to the ministry of the word and prayer, it says, then the disciples, it multiplied and it grew greatly. And so the body of Christ actually functions a lot better when people are praying and giving themselves to the word. It's not, he said, this, and, and he was talking about the um, serving tables, and he called it a business, but if you called the server and the tables a business, what would prayer be? I mean, it would be a much greater thing because they were obviously the disciples needed. They were handing off a, a lower job of just, or at that time, or I wouldn't say a lower job, but it was just a, that job to somebody else, and he called it business. So to me, the, some of the things God would see as business in the kingdom of God, most people take it very lightly. And so, and it actually helped to grow the body of Christ. And so it is a business. Um, you know, you go into business to prosper, you go into, so why would you not go into prayer to get results and to prosper? If you're going in to make, you're like, my business is going to make money this year. This is the, what we're going to hit. You know, you plan all these. Uh, you see the, you go to the, the work charts every, you know, annual meeting. You sit through work and they're all these projections. And they're going to hit all these numbers. Why don't we do that with prayer? This is what we're going to hit by the end of this year. This is how many people, you know, this is what we're believing God for. But why not, not just for the church, but why don't we do that in our own lives? Why don't you get a book out and say, this is my, prayer is my foremost business, like Brother Hagin said. I'm going to pray to get results. Well, young people, what do you want? You want to go to school? You want to, a, a good job? Well, start taking it to God and saying, write down, saying, this is my business of prayer. I'm going to continually give myself to prayer over this matter, and I want to see these things come to pass. And God takes it very serious. Even the, the desires of your own heart, he takes it very serious. And so, um, you know, getting into the legal side of prayer, finally. I used to do this all the time. I'd say, oh, I wake up, oh, Jesus. I hear it get a phone call, oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Oh, Jesus, help this person, help that person. Oh, Jesus, this and Jesus, that. Y'all ever do that? Oh, Lord Jesus, you know. And, and sometimes I would pray using, pray, just praying to Jesus, and the Lord stopped me one day and he said, what did I say in the word? He says, why are you asking Jesus all these questions? And I said, um, okay, that's a, that's a good point. So go to John 16, 23 and 24. Sometimes I think we as Christians will do things and you don't really realize that you're doing it. You're just in your car and you're like, well, Jesus, help me today. Jesus, help me make some money, Jesus. <laughs> But, you know, and you get no results from prayer, and you don't really know why. And so the Lord kind of started dealing with me to take, take something a little more serious, uh, 16, 23 through 24. And Jesus is saying this, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now, you've asked me nothing in my name, ask that you will receive, that your joy may be full. Now, what's interesting to me is he's saying right now, until this point, you're, you've never asked using my name up till now. You've asked me nothing. You're, you're, you haven't used this name. But he says what you're going to do is you're going to start asking the Father on a legal grounds of my name and what I did because it, um, I want to see if I can read this, what um, Brother Hagin says. 
the name of Jesus was no good until he began his uh, metadorial intercession on the right hand of the Father. No ordinary child of God has just as much right to, oh, an ordinary child of God has just as much right to use the legal name as a minister does. If I had more faith, no, believe on the name. Your problem is, is you have no revelation of the name, and Brother Hagin um, said that. So what he's saying is up until now, you're not, you haven't been able to use the name, but now you're able to use this name and use this name to now ask the Father for what it is. He says right here, he says, ask him um, ask whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's good to you. Until now, you've asked nothing. Ask that you will receive. So number one, Jesus wants you to receive. So you're not praying just to take a stab in the dark and just waste air. And actually, he wants you to ask and receive so that your joy may be full. And so God actually was telling me, he says, I delight in you getting your prayers answered. I love it when you, you know, I've been praying for that, and I'm amazing I saw that. He said, stop going to prayer as thinking it's a duty. Go and saying, I'm getting an answer from God, and I can't wait to receive this, and I've already received it, because, and, and, and view it that way instead of just, okay, we're going to pray, because, you know, and prayer is, we're working with God, but he did say that um, you're going to need to ask the Father in my name. So right now, the first thing is, is you always pray to the Father, and the Lord caught me on that because he's always saying, why are you always saying Jesus? Because, you know, some days I'm just like, oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus, you know. And he's like, why do you always say that? I said, I don't know. And he said, what did I tell you to do? Ask the Father. And I'm like, okay, Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to help me today. Because sometimes if God is so legally bound to his word that some people probably pray stuff and, and they're not even getting results and they don't know why. And God is legally bound he says that, you know, his word, he's bound to his word. He cannot violate his own word. And so um, I'm going to jump to another one. Let's go to Ephesians 3.14. And um, actually, just put it on the screen. Don't turn there real quick. I just want to put it. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you take it away? You took it away. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying, Paul's saying, I'm actually praying to the Father, who is the Lord of our Jesus Christ. So Paul prayed to the Father. Uh, Ephesians 5.20, just go there real quick. I mean, you can turn there if you want. Giving thanks always unto all things unto God and the Father. And how do you do it? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is telling us that there is, that, um, telling us that it is the Father and the Jesus, oh, we're praying to the Father and we're, and we're giving thanks because of, um, I must have wrote something now, down in my notes. The name of Jesus is actually access to heaven, to the Father, and when you desire to get your prayers answered, you're going to pray in the name of Jesus. So the name of Jesus is actually a key to access. Now, Jesus says what? In my name, you'll cast out devils in, in my name. People have always said this, I'm going to go unlock my car. Well, who really un unlocked your car? The key unlocked your car. Now, you, and Brother Hagin says that when he realized that when you're going to pray over somebody, you are praying because I'm hitting the button on my key, but the key's doing the work. That means when you're praying over someone and someone needs healing, someone needs a, a devil cast out of them, and you're saying, Satan, loose this person, you don't have to go, okay, I have prayed and I hope 
that my prayer, like I need more faith, I hope that I'm getting this prayer answered and I'm getting this devil out. No, you need to trust that the name of Jesus, the legal name, is doing the work. I don't ever think, oh man, if I press my key hard enough, it'll unlock my truck. No, I press my key and my truck unlocked. I say I did it, but really, well, me, I did it, yes, and the key did it. So guess what? You both did it. So God needs both of you. He needs the legal name, but the legal name does the work. That's how powerful it is. I'm not going into my truck and trying to dig my hands in there and unlock it. No, I let the key do the job. So when you're praying over people and when you're asking petitions from God in the name of Jesus and you're using the name of Jesus for healing, let the name, the legal name, do the work. You're not going to pray God up enough. And that's what, um, there's a story where Brother Hagin says that him and a prayer team would go, um, they had a prayer night, and he says that he, they were praying over people in their church to get saved, or people that were coming to this revival. And he said, what would happen is, is he says, now here's what we're going to do. The Bible says, ask the Father in my name and believe you receive it, Mark eleven twenty three. If you believe you, if you ask, actually, let's go over there real quick. And I want to tell you this story. It's the, it's the most famous verse in the Bible for, that this church preaches. If you don't know Mark 11, 23, and 24 after coming to this church, you might not be a Word of Life member. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and is not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. When do you receive it? When you asked. A lot of times you'll be praying, and um, you know, you're, I remember, uh, I mean, Brother Hagin, he was trying to get off the bed of sickness, and the Lord told him, he said, when did you get healed? He said, well, Lord, I ain't received my healing yet. He said, no, when did you get healed? He said, he said he finally got it. I got healed when I asked. And he says, what you do is after you ask God, you, you leave it alone that it's already done. Because you already received it when you win, when you ask. So now when I pray for something, I say, in the name of Jesus, this is what I'm believing you for. On, on the grounds of the legal name of Jesus, this is what I want. I ask God for it. I ask the Father. And now when did I receive it? When I asked him. So now I'm not praying every day going, okay, Lord, um, today I'm praying for my friend, blah, blah, and I'm praying that you save him. No. God saved him when? When I asked. Now, thank you, Heavenly. Now, this is what I do. I say, thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've heard me. Because sometimes Satan will come to you and say, you really think God heard you? You're, I mean, look at him. This kid's still raising hell. He's not ever going to get saved. And what happens is, is you start doubting. So I believe that a lot of the thanking that you go, no, I thank you, Heavenly Father, is really for you. God already answered it when you asked. But a lot of times we have to remind ourselves, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father has it. I mean, there has been, Lord, I want to ask you for this. He goes, you asked me for that six months ago. I said, I know, but it's been six months, so I'm going to re-put my, my prayer application in. <laughs> I mean, have you, you guys have ever done that? You go over the same thing in prayer. You're like, all right, Lord, it's been a year. Let's talk about this again. I'm going to ask you for this. This is what I'm praying for. I mean, I did it with the truck. Lord, I asked you for a, for a F-150 Raptor. The Lord said, you already asked me for that two years ago. Well, I've said, well, I'm putting, I'm asking you again. <laughs> no, it's Lord, I thank you that you heard me. Really, it's for me. 
He already heard me. And um, in this book, The Name of Jesus, he says you really have to believe that when you use that name that it worked when you, I mean, you really have to have faith in the name. Because if not, you're going to keep um, going back over. And that's what happens is you get in what's called between, where you're believing God and speaking, but yet you're still doubting because you're, you're going back, oh, well, you know, this nothing's changing, this hadn't happened. You know, I, I'm wearing these glasses, and you're probably not, didn't realize I'm wearing these, but the Lord's been telling me to, to use my other set of eyes lately. And that always says, if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. And these are the, my believing and receiving glasses. These are... They're still clear, but imagine you see something different when you put them on. You see the answer you have. You see what you're believing God for. You see your family sitting in church. You see those people you're praying for. You see those finances in your account changing. You see that new whatever, new car or truck you're believing or that house you're believing for. You're seeing the prayers answered. And the Lord says, start, wearing your, start using your other set of eyes, your faith eyes. That means that I don't care... You know, um, somebody gave me a prophecy a few years ago, and the Lord said, go back over the prophecy and see it. And, and, and every day, as you're looking, just look and see it. That, see that whatever she said, that they said, it's with, it's with you. You have it. And the problem is, is that we're too much, we drop back to the natural realm. If you, you cannot fight Satan in the natural realm, you have to fight him in the arena of faith and with the word. If you go back to reasoning, um, why you're not seeing something, why something's not changing. I was doing that. I've been praying for somebody, and I've seen, you know, one of their family members start coming back, but I ain't seen the rest, and I'm like, but I'm praying God every day for this person, and I don't, I saw, I see half of it, but the, um, the Lord says, and I, and I kept saying, well, Lord, I'm expecting to see them every Sunday, and I don't see them. He said, no, continue to see them. Continue to see them walking through the door. You got to see by faith, what you've been praying, you believe God that you've asked him for it, now that they're coming. He, don't worry about that you ain't seen him in six months or, or whatever. He said, you know, and this is a, a, um, a person that half of their family's coming and they used to come and they've been, you know, believing God as well. But he said, start seeing them. It don't matter if you don't see them on Sunday. See them walking through the door. Because faith is, is the realm of God. God is a faith God, and it says only faith pleases God. You're going to have to get into that realm and that arena of faith, believe in God for faith, and start waking up. I mean, what are you, what are you, I mean, every day you can get tired, but you may have to wake up. I mean, I'm believing God for my neighbor to get saved, and he's, a, he's an old, old man, and he told me, he told me to wait at the pearly gates for him and get him in. I said, Dean, you're going there before me, buddy. And he goes, well, I'm going to wait for you, and you tell Jesus to get me in. I said that. So today, we talked again today a little bit, and then, you know, obviously nothing, you know, came up. But I said, no, I'm believing that my neighbor is born again and receives Jesus because we've talked about it. We, we talked a little bit today, but, I'm, you know, and you can walk away going, oh, man, that was my chance. You know, he's like, because my neighbor's like getting close to 90, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I better hurry up. <laughs> but I told the Lord he'll live and not die until he receives Jesus. He's a, he really needs it, and um, he's been a blessing to me, and I love him, and I, and I, and I want to see him accept Jesus. I don't know what his hold up, but I just believe in God that he's received his salvation. So that happened again um, a couple, two weeks ago. I had started believing God for another friend of mine and just prayed and said, okay, Lord, I'm believing you for this person's um, salvation, and and I started thanking the Lord for it. And I'm gonna, um, and like what Jesus says, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And he says, in my name, you'll cast out devils. And a lot of time with people, 
Like Brother Hagin said about his brother, he would take authority over the devil. Satan, get off my brother and loose him. And what happened with the prodigal son, it says that he, the prodigal son came to himself. And he says, I will arise and go home. A lot of times people, if they come to themselves and they realize what they're actually doing. You ever had somebody treat you a certain way and then they came to themselves and they said, hey, you know what? What I did was wrong. A lot of times with people, they don't know what their holdup is until, and, until you tell Satan to get off of them. And once he gets off of them, then they start asking questions. You know, like, you know, I've been thinking lately about this subject. They'll come to you and ask you. And I, so this certain friend of mine, I just ran across him. The, the raptor ended up having a small problem. And I ended up um, praying. I said, Lord, who do I take this to? And the Lord says, take it to this person. And I said, okay, I've heard um, he's kind of a crook. And he's, you know, he's kind of a hellion. And I've known him for a long time. And, and, um, but the Lord said, go to, him, go to him. And so I did, just following the Holy Spirit. Well, the truth is, is weeks later, I got the truck fixed for like 60 or 70 bucks. I mean, Ford would have charged me $800 to fix this part because, you know, it's a Ford Raptor, and they, were, they wanted to just swap the whole center console out. But in the meantime, while he was working on the truck, I'm praying for his salvation, saying, Lord, I believe you, this person's coming into the kingdom. Amen. Satan, get off of him. God of this world has blinded their eyes, lest the light of the gospel shine on them. Satan, loose them, and I pray he would get a revelation of who Jesus is. That's what I've been praying over. Well, yesterday, he, and I hadn't really said much about Jesus to him the last two weeks that he's been working on the truck. I've just been going over there kind of loving on him, joking with him, talking with him, and, you know, telling me I'm working for the church now and telling him a little bit. He's like, oh, okay, cool. But yesterday, so um, I'm at home, and he's like, hey, I want to come stop by and check on the truck and just make sure that everything's good. And I said, I'm like thinking, oh, you know, I have a few hours today. I got class tonight. I'm like, yeah, stop by. That's fine. Well, he stopped by, and for the next two hours, after we worked on the truck, we talked about his family. We talked about Jesus. And he goes, let me ask you a question. He goes, I've always wanted to know. He said, I, I stay away from most people because they just, I, you know, he's not getting the answers he wants because most people don't know about Jesus and who he is. And he said, um, and it just, he said, I always, and just all the condemningness of people, he said, but I, I kind of do really want to know about God. And what's this whole thing about Jesus and heaven and hell? And I said, well, I said, um, you know, I'm a pastor's son. I said, I could tell you. I've been hearing this message for 30 years. And I said, there was two men on the earth, Jesus and, um, Jesus and Adam. Adam came and died, and every man is dead in sin because of Adam. And then one man, Jesus, had to get him out. For the next 45 minutes, I told him about the Lord Jesus. I mean, and I said, and then I asked him, I said, you ever prayed? And he said, no. I said, you want to? He goes, yeah, sure. Just, and he got born again. And, um. The, his whole family doesn't know this because his, his brother called me today, and I mean, this kid's like the problem child of the family. I mean, he's got this kid has been causing problems in this family, but it's usually those who end up doing the most for God. That's what a uh, pastor told me one time. I was in Texas. <laughs> I was causing a lot of problems at Master's Commission, and um, they said, you know, we're thinking about kicking you out because I was 17 at the time, and so I I was very rambunctious. All the other students were about 20 something years old. And I'm just causing problems. And um, Pastor Jesse, I'm glad he had a lot of grace and mercy. And he said, you know, it's usually not the people that come through this program that are like they're, you know, that are doing. He says a lot of them do do good. But he says it's usually the kids like you that end up turning around and walking out and pastoring a church and ended up doing something amazing for God. Because if you can just turn off Jesus, all that bent up rebellion and turn it against rebellion against the devil, you'll end up doing something for God <laughs> instead of rebelling against God in the church. 
And so, you know, um, I, I love those kids. I always go after them. People say, this person is the most terrible person. I'm like, well, that's the one you need to get saved. I mean, James and John were what? They called them sons of thunder. People play these movies of the Bible, of these sweet little disciples. I mean, James and John would go, and, I mean, they, they wanted to, well, there's like stories of, of them trying to call down fire or them want, I mean, causing trouble and beating people up and just all kinds of stuff in the Bible. And Jesus was, went after those guys. And I really feel like Jesus had probably the biggest rough bunch of dudes that he could ever have in the Bible. It's not, a, it's not what you see in those kid, kid movies. So the name of Jesus. Um, I want to read this real small snippet from E.W. Kenyon because I thought it was amazing. And I've read this book when I was 18. And it's, this book is so, I say it's hard to read, but it's so concentrated that I'm surprised at 18 I even read it. But it, it, it's good for you. Young people, I encourage you, take a book or something like uh, E.W. Kenyon. Read one book and see what happens. It'll stretch your brain so far that by the time you go back and read something else, it'll be very easy to read. Several years ago, I was holding a meeting in a city in Tennessee, and one afternoon while giving up an address, uh, oh, giving an address on the name of Jesus, a lawyer interrupted me. He said, do you mean to say that Jesus gave us the power of attorney, the legal right to use his name? Kenyon said, brother, you're a lawyer and I'm a layman. You tell me, did Jesus give us power of attorney? He said, if language means anything, then Jesus gave the church the power of attorney. Then I asked him, what is the value of this power of attorney? He answered, it depends on how much there is to back it, how much authority, how much power the name represents. And then he says, then I began to run a search on all the authority that Jesus has. So it's interesting that the power of attorney is only good as how much is actually backing that name. And um, I remember being in the car business, you know, you can buy a car with someone else's name. You could buy any car you want with somebody else's name. That's how powerful that is. I mean, and, and I'm, Kenyon says, we'll actually never know the full power of what legally happened in that name. But I remember that um, my brother-in-law was always looking for a power of attorney to buy this car, that car, someone needed to, uh, a representative to be there or you're going to be there as a dealer. You're going to be the representative. I'm going to be, um, at the time it's Cody's dad, I'm going to be Steve, but I'm also going to be Charles at the same time. I'm going to sign my name as Charles, and I'm going to buy this seventy, dollars $80,000 car, and Charles is nowhere to be found. But because of the, he invested the power of that name in that person, now he can legally, for that time, he can represent him for that one transaction. But, um, and I'll read this. The name... Um, the power of attorney might be used to allow another person to sign a contract for the principal. Now, this is going to be technical, so it can be used to give another person the authority to make health care decisions, to do financial transactions, or sign legal documents that the principal cannot do for, the reason, for one reason or another. The power of attorney is, is based on how much there is to back it, how much the name represents. So Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, it'll be done. Jesus, this is what Kenyon says, is writing a blank check from heaven and asking you to fill it in. I mean, think about all that, that God did, and we're learning about the death, burial, and resurrection, all that Jesus went through. As a, actually, the name of Jesus is actually the name of a man, and you are a man. So that's why when Jesus died and he, and he put man into Jesus, he put you into Jesus, and now you have a legal right to use a name, the power of attorney. And so God's saying, whatever is backing Jesus' name, I'm giving you to use it. The problem is, is the church doesn't understand how much power is really behind the name. 
you know, we're just using the name of Jesus kind of, you know, maybe loosely. Or your neighbor's dog runs in your yard and like, name it Jesus, get out of here, you know. And, that, and that's about probably the extent that most of us use the name of Jesus. And you don't really think much about it. But what he's saying is that all of heaven is written a blank check. All that God did by taking Jesus, and it says he's given him the highest name above every name, like what she was singing. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And Jesus says, lo, you go. So he's saying, now you go in my place as my representative with this power of attorney, with this legal document saying now that I'm allowed to use everything that belongs to Jesus, all the resources of heaven now belong to me, and now he says, go in my name and do it. And, and I'm kind of setting myself um, to, to study more on the name of Jesus and, and the credit that it is to our account. I mean, you know, what is it that you need? Um, the name of Jesus is for casting out devils, healing the sick, asking God for petitions. I mean, are we really taking the name serious when we go to prayer with God? Are we really sitting down and saying, this is, this is what I want, now I'm going to use the name? And then you go back and say, okay, God, I did this, now I'm thanking you for it, and you leave it. Brother Hagin says, when people would try to bring up names in the prayer meeting again, he told them to leave it alone. He said, you already asked God, leave it. Act as if he already did it. He said he wouldn't let them bring it up one more time. They wouldn't even talk about it for two weeks. And he says, every person during the crusade actually came to know Jesus on that list they wrote out, and he said, and there was only two people that by the end of the year got born again. So he said he had 100% result. They prayed, they gave it to God, they said that the bilegally is, is done, and they left it alone. And he said 100% success, every person they prayed for to be saved actually came to the revival, and two at the end of the year. I was like, man, if Brother Hagin is getting 100% results, you know, maybe I need to step up and really start, um, you know, maybe writing some stuff out, saying like what he, what he did, write some things out, saying, okay, this is God, what I'm believing you for. So um, Brother Hagin said this, we have plenty of, plenty of people who pray with no avail. You're not getting results you want. You're a prayer failure. Why even pray? Expect to profit in prayer. Expectation is key. You expect your business to profit. Why not your prayers? You must make a business of prayer. We pray to God who wants us to pray. He's a living God who asked us to pray. We should be praying for results. If there's no results, then we need to go back and find the trouble. I mean, God did not, did not just throw prayer in the Bible to take up space and waste your time. It's the God of the universe and all of his wisdom, and he's just waiting for you to ask him in prayer. And so that, I thought that was uh, really powerful. So the fifth thing, um, that was the fifth thing I want to, and I may have not even, I'm, I'm skipping I never said one, two, or three, but somehow we've gotten to five, so <clears throat> work with me, work with me, all right? Fifth thing is agreement in prayer. We're going to go to Matthew 18, jumping around, you know, like pasture. The goal is to, um, if you get to the rabbit trails, then, then you trying to, I think we're, we're doing a little better than last week, because last week I was burning, but man, we're running out of time. I, don't, I'm, I got a lot more to say. <laughs> oh man like uh what did, what did dad what did he say last night little daryl yeah. little daryl he was talking to, he was talking about god and the attributes you know you are you are a little god you know you know you're little numa little because you're made in god's image he said i'm my son is not daryl but he 
has, he's little Daryl. He looks like me. He said, my, I drive a 4x4. Four four. My son drives a 4x4. Four four. <laughs> so he's saying that how, you know, you're not God, but yet you, you are made in the image of God, and you are a God because you're, came, you're a son of God. So really, you know, people, it's, it was just, you know, funny, and Dad was saying, my, my son is really going to take after me, and I'm thinking, oh, no. My mom goes, well, me too. I said, yay. <laughs> yay on mom's side. All right, Matthew 18, 19. This is another prayer secret. Um, I'll just say this. Uh, one, God wants to answer your, answer your prayers. Um, I'm going to say, uh, you know, two, you're going to pray using, uh, pray to the Father, right, in the name. Three, the name is a power of attorney, and it's a legal right. That means you don't have to pray and wonder if something's going to happen. It's a legal document. Um, four is you're going to pray to profit, right? You, you're going to pray to get results. Five is where you're going to find somebody to agree with you in prayer. So uh, 18, 19, is that what I said? Thank you. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, It'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, the Bible also says one will put a thousand in a flight and two will put ten thousand in a flight. Well, there's a story of a girl who went to a pastor and she said, now, did Jesus really mean that? He said, well, you know, he did, but he kind of meant this or he kind of meant that. And the girl, and he, you know how preachers, will, God will really, I mean, he said, you know, anything that you, that you ask, uh, uh, two or three gathered in my name, anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. She said to the pastor, really, anything? He said, well, God doesn't really mean anything. Or he don't really mean that you're going to get everything that you're asking for. And so she said, well, if God didn't write it that way, why would he put it in the Bible like that? Why would Jesus say it? this way if he never meant it for that right and so he said why wouldn't Jesus just rearrange the Bible and say it the way that he wanted to say it and, and that, I thought that was a really good um, and Brother Hagin says no Jesus put it in the Bible exactly the way that he wanted to say it and so really getting together with somebody and, um, and this is what Brother Hagin says it's not that it might be done not that it's a possibility, possibility that it will be done he said it will be done and so what I want you to get is when you're, from now on, when you're getting, you know, the, the petitions that you're asking for with God, find somebody to hook up with you and say, okay, this is what I'm asking God for. We're going to go to the Father in my name. Now I'm going to grab together because there's, there's obviously two, two people puts 10,000 to flight. You're going to get more results hooking up with another believer and praying. But don't look at it as a lot of times, you know, we would start throwing the name, well, you know, Two or three are gathered in my name, ask anything, it'll be done. And then we pray real quick and then walk away and say, you know, hey, maybe there was a little more power in that. Woohoo! You know, sometimes up there with the prayer team, we'll be like, we'll say that. And the Lord said, no, stop looking at it that way. Start really looking at it as, as the way that I actually said it. Anything that you ask, it will be done. And believe that when you're hooking up with somebody, it's going to be done. And there's more power when you're hooking up with somebody. And sometimes just, just reminding yourself, because it's such a simple verse and we always say it. Um, but sometimes we just lose, we just lose sight of that. And so I want to, um, you know, back to 
The Bible says you'll have what you say, it'll be done for you. With Mark eleven twenty three, 23, um, God told Mark Hankins, he says, you know why that the mountain will move? Or he says, why I say, say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea? He said, because the mountain was made by words. God said, and everything was be, and so the mountain is not really as big as the mountain seems. It was created with words, so use your words to move the mountain. And so the mountain will move because it was created with words. And that's, I think that's a, um, and you're going to use your words to, to move that mountain. The last thing, number seven, is put God in remembrance of his word. I love this part. Um, Isaiah 43, 26. And um, I did it on the Amplified version, if you could put that up. You can go there, but I don't have the Amplified Bible, but if you put that up. Put me in remembrance, remind me of your merits, let us plead and argue together, set forth your case, a legal term, that you may be justified and proven right. Now, is there one more after that? Or is that it? 26. Put me in remembrance. So what God's asking us to do is to remind him of his word. There's another one I want to look at Isaiah. Um, no, what, that was Isaiah 43. Is there an Isaiah 45? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my son and concerning the work of my hands. You command me. I have made the earth and created man on it. I have made my hands stretch out the heavens and at their hosts I have command. Now go back to the, first, the one before that. Interesting how he says, Ask me concerning my son and concerning the work of my hands. And then he says, you command me. Isn't that quite, I mean, who would dare to command God? I love something Smith Wigglesworth said. He says, God delights in his children having the audacity of faith to say, God, you promised it, so now you do it. And you say it in faith. And um, I, I thought, well, that's kind of a way to talk to God. Go to Isaiah 62, 67, and we'll close with this one. I think I did that in the Amplified. I've set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who have never, will never hold their peace day or night. You who are his servants, and by, and by your prayers, put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silent, and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise in the earth. But go back to the, and I love that, give him no rest until he does what he said he's going to do. But he says, put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. A lot of times, even in the Old Testament, you remember, you remember even in the New Testament where they would quote scripture back to God. He said, they said, Lord, look upon the kings of the earth, you know, uh, make rage and plot vain things. That's a scripture from Isaiah. It's either Isaiah or Psalms. They're reminding God of what he said from the prophets of old. And it says, as soon as they prayed, what happened? The place was shaken. God wants to be reminded of his word. You have Abraham um, pleading with God on his word, Moses pleading with God on his word. Most of the time, they were, the old covenant people were arguing with God. What did he say in the other scripture? He says, let's, let's reason together. So God's saying, bring my word back to me. And like Smith Wigglesworth says, walk into the throne room with the audacity of faith and says, you promised it, you do it. 
And that's why I think Smith Wigglesworth had such results is because when he would go pray for somebody, he wasn't, you know, and he, he made this statement, um, and, and I know Mary Fran, we, we would talk about this, but he said, if God ain't moving, I'm going to move him. And uh, I, I kind of like that because it's, it's the tenacity of your word legally says this, God, now you go do it. And the Lord says in that scripture, he said, keep, keep that in remembrance of me until he says you see Jerusalem established, until you see me perform my word. So God's saying, put this before me until you see it happen, which makes you say, God really wants to answer prayer. But you're going to do it um, his way to the Father. But then the other thing is, is that it's a legal contract. You're, you're, when you prayed and believed you received it, it's done. You, it's, it's when you prayed. And that's what he, the Lord kept telling Brother Hagin, when are you healed? He goes, I don't feel healed. He said, no, when are you healed? He goes, when I prayed. Okay, when you prayed, that means you're healed. When you prayed. When do you have the, the new job? When I prayed. When do you have your healing? When I prayed, because that's what the word says. You're going to have to remind God that you said it this way. This is the way you said it. This is the way I'm doing it, and this is what I want. And, and I've, been, um, I've just been taking that. I've been taking the word to God. Sometimes, you know, you sit in the morning, and you just read chapters. <laughs> but sometimes, lately, I've just been taking one scripture to God and saying, you said this. And every day, I like to wake up and remind him and say, thank you that you said this. And that you're working on this case or you're working on this person. That you're saying that, that I've, I, you know, that in the name of Jesus, I've cast out devils now. I've told the devil to get off this person. And they're coming to the, the light of their salvation. They're going to come to the knowledge of God. And I believe that your words, you said you desire that all men be saved. I just remind God. Sometimes it's not that you're asking God again, but sometimes it's nice to remind him. Your word says you desire that all men to be saved. And because he does, and I'll take it back to God over and over and say, thank you, that your word says this, thank you. Because he says, put, it, put me in remembrance. It's almost like he's waiting for you to, to walk into the throne room with his word and say, God, you said this, and this is what I want. And um, I think it takes that kind of, you know, you're, like dad says, you're not a stepchild to God. You are God's child. When you walk in your own mother and father's house, you really don't, you know, you're like, hey, mom, can I have this? And then you actually open the fridge and you take it. And then after she says no, <laughs> yeah, don't ask. They did. Come on, Tiffany. Even me, I walked in Tiffany's house, say, Mama Tiffany, can I have this? I'm taking this. <laughs> She's like, whatever. But that's how, you know, are you that way with God? Or are we just, oh, I hope God answers this. I hope that I get an answered prayer. No, it's, it's illegal. The name of Jesus is so much power in this name. And I challenge you to, to, to research what it is when you're actually using the name to what actually is back in that. I, I myself, I'm going to get back in this book and read it again because I haven't read it. But um, I believe that God wants to start seeing your prayers answered and, and start seeing a lot of them. I mean, you know, sometimes you feel like you go months without getting a prayer answered, right? Or you're praying for somebody and you ain't seen them in years. And I'm reading Brother Hagin said that two weeks his brother got saved. And then in a week later, this person came back to church, and then he said prayers immediately, and he said, money, oh, a few days, I got all the checks would come in. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what am I doing wrong? And he says, you need to learn, learn how to pray, learn the prayer secrets, learn what it is that you're actually doing. That's all he did is he's just doing what God, the, he would burn the midnight oil in the word to find out how to do things God's way. And I believe that God's wanting to see you know, a lot of times we think, God, we're praying and we're not seeing results, and you're thinking, okay, maybe God doesn't want me to have this. Or maybe he's wait. you know, I need to wait. 
And some things on the will of God, like the Bible school, dad's been praying, yes, there is a timing on the will of God. But on things he's already promised, like healing, finances, well, you don't have to wait for that. But a lot of times we, we continue to wait because we're thinking, well, maybe God is not saying right now. You know, maybe not this time. No, I believe God wants to start answering our prayers and quickly because we're going to need it now in this time more than ever. You're going to need prayers. You're going to need to pull people into the kingdom of God. You're going to need money to go to Bible school. You're going to need money to do this and to build that. And things are getting quicker, and I've learned that. And we're going to really need to start getting before God and saying, okay, God, this is what I need. This is what I want. I'm praying. It's done. I have it. And start seeing results. Why are we praying if we're not seeing results? I mean, why would God even throw it in the Bible? We're wasting our time. And the Lord told me that. He says, no, get up and pray to get results. Pray every day knowing I'm going to answer and you're going to see it soon. And so I started changing my attitude towards prayer in the morning because of that. Because I really want to start hearing you guys go, oh my gosh, every week I want to hear somebody coming to me going, you're never going to believe what happened. This person's getting saved. My, this person got a job. This is happening. Why do I'm always hearing the negative, even from church people, to me, which is crazy. We should be every week getting prayers answered, things happening. This person got a new car. This person's got their brother saved. This person's coming to church. Praise God. I mean, that's what, you know, we want to hear. So I believe that's where God has taken us to really get back and start believing again because you can get lax in prayer, especially if you've been praying a long time like some of us who just come to church and all we do is pray and uh, just, Lord, I'm praying. I don't know what I'm praying about. We're praying and hopefully I see something. No, that's not going to happen. You're going you're gonna to believe what you receive, you're, what you say, you'll have what you say. And if you don't have anything that you're believing God for, you're not going to get it. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Father God, that on the legal grounds of the name of Jesus, that on the legalities that Jesus brought, brought us back to the Father with his name, and that he's actually granted us everything in heaven with his name backing it. That when I walk into the courts of heaven with his name and I ask the petitions, Father God, and this church begins to ask for the petitions that we receive them, Father God. And we're going to pray and believe that the first time we prayed, you heard us because you're not deaf. And that we already received it at that point. And we're going to continue to walk around like, and with joy and faith like Smith Wigglesworth, that God has already done it. And we're going to what we can't see because we're, we're faith people. We're, we're made in your image. You're a faith God. And I pray we would start using our other eyes no matter what we're looking at. That people would just turn their eyes on the faith every morning they wake up and say, this may be in the natural, but this is what I see. And I'm, I'm not going to stop until I see it. And our Father, I pray that we'd have a tenacity to walk in the throne room and say, God, if you said it, I'll, I'll see it. And will remind you of your word, Father God. I believe that you, that you get a kick and a smile out of somebody who, who takes your word that you wrote and brings it back to you. I mean, you think about our own, our own father when you come back to him and, and my own earth dad, Father. And I say, you said this. And my father goes, wow, you were actually paying attention. Yes, I will do that. And so, Father, I believe that that's the kind of relationship you want with us. And I thank you that our prayers are answered I thank you that prayers are going to start popping off like popcorn in this church, that things that people have been believing for a long time, that Father God, that, um, you know what, just grab hands with somebody that next to you and say, and, and say um, just two or more gathered, Father, right now. If you're believing God for something right now, I want you to grab the hands with somebody, maybe they're next to you, maybe not, and say, and just, and, and, and hook up with them in prayer. And I know this is a little different 
But I know if you want to play a little bit of music, that's fine. But maybe tell the person, say, look, I'm, maybe I'm believing, I'm believing for this. Next to you, just tell somebody just something maybe you're believing God for, or if it's personal, tell them something else. <laughs> but tell somebody next to you and grab hands. And the Bible says that with Jesus, you said that right now as we grab hands with one another, two or three are gathered in your name, you said you will do it. Father God, there's people in this church believing you for things right now. And you said when we pray, we believe we receive it when we prayed. You said that a thousand, one person will put a thousand, two people will put 10,000. I say right now, as people are hooking up in Jesus' name, believing for things, that I say right now, it is done, that that check in heaven is written with a blank check. And all you said to do is believe on the name of the Lord Jesus, that he's been given the highest name, and that I'll do it because of what Jesus did. And I say in the name of Jesus, the things people are believing for, right now. They are done in Jesus' name. That tomorrow and the next day and next week and the week after, things will come into being in a manifestation by faith because of the prayer on the legal grounds, Father. This is a legal contract, Jesus. Satan, this is a legal contract between us and the Father. That it, the, by, We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus that whatever we ask, we believe we receive it and we'll have it. Father God, if kids are believing for jobs, they'll have it. They believing for raises, they'll have it. People are believing for cars, they'll have it. People are believing for family members coming into church, getting saved, we'll have it. We're having things in this church, Father God, that need to be done. Construction, every, this church, we're believing right now this church is paid off. And Father God, right now we have every person sitting in here is in agreement right now that this church is completely paid for. In the name of Jesus, we call the money in. We call the church paid off. We call money in. Loose, Satan, loose the money that belongs to the people of this church. We get every person and father in this room is in agreement with me over their finances. And Father, we loose the money to the people right now. We loose the finances. We loose the relationships to people right now in agreement that they'll have the money that they need, that they have more than enough, that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or thank, Father. And I praise and thank you that it's done. Just go ahead and give them glory. Say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. It's done. Praise you. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And continue to thank him this week. Say, Father, we prayed about it that night in church. We prayed about these things. And, and I know some of y'all are, 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 but we're in agreement with you in the spirit. We're in agreement with whatever you're believing God. I'm in agreement with you. We're all in agreement together. That tonight it's done in Jesus' name. And so we will see you guys Sunday. We love you. I want to hear praise reports. Take prayer seriously. It's not just a duty. It's actually, we're actually, we're getting things done. Things are happening. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, 
Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.